Welcome to the Power of Food podcast. We are so excited to bring you evidence-based nutrition information focusing on addressing the root cause for imbalance. Food has the power to help you achieve lifelong optimal health without the side effects of prescription medication. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. I am Stacy Seslowski, Functional Nutrition Registered Dietitian. And I am Leah Grace Farrick, Functional Nutritionist. Hey everyone, welcome to the Power of Food podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. Victoria Colonese is a functional medicine dietitian and business owner of her own private practice, Wonderfully Made Nutrition. She helps people overcome resistant weight loss, PCOS, and chronic gut health issues by addressing underlying root causes through a functional medicine approach. She believes wholeheartedly that each person has an innate capacity to thrive and that we can reclaim that thriving nature by learning to confidently make connections between what our bodies experience and our food choices, health behaviors, stressors, and mindset. She works with clients one-on-one as well as in her online metabolic health group program called the 4R4 Method. Find her on Instagram at wonderfullymade.rd and at her website, wonderfullymadenutrition.com. Welcome to the Power of Food podcast, Victoria. Thanks so much, Leah, for having me here and Stacey, you too. Well, we're super excited to dive in. Obviously, Stacy and I are very much in the functional medicine realm, so we're excited to chat about all things functional medicine and your programs and kind of what you go through with your clients. But to start, I'd love to hear about your background a little bit and kind of what led you to become a dietitian, what led you to functional medicine, and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, I love talking about the origin story. Um, I would say, I always like to say that like my first love of nutrition really started just with cooking with my mom in the kitchen, which is so great. Um, I think growing up, I probably helped her in the kitchen. I don't really remember it as a kid, but uh, probably around like high school, I started sort of watching the Food Network together, which was really fun. And when it was becoming first popular, I think, and we were so excited to just learn new methods. Like she was a pretty good cook, but she was learning a lot of other techniques. And I think I started to love cooking and kind of like food science in a sense, but also really nutrition. And yeah, so I just developed like a very like curiosity mindset in high school. And I really loved even learning about uh, kind of self-study into like nutrition for oncology, you know, for no personal experience there, but just kind of the power of food um, as this podcast is titled, really knowing like, okay, food has such a potential, such a power to mitigate diseases, prevent them, to heal them um, in so many different ways. And that was so fascinating to me. I mean, I remember having like notes in some notepad about like garlic dash, you know, anti-inflammatory does this. And I have a whole list and I don't, I mean, I don't probably never even reference them, but so fun. And um, yeah, so I just, when I went to college, I thought I wanted to go into more like food chemistry, whatever I thought that was. Uh, I really loved chemistry. One of those science nerds who actually liked it. And quickly realized that I really wanted to work with people and really teach. And, and a dietitian was really the, kind of the perfect route for that. And I'm so grateful that I did because, gosh, I, it's amazing to be able to be in a profession that I absolutely love the content, which I'm like working with. So not everyone can really say that. I know it's, it's a real blessing to, and I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah. And I would say that, you know, kind of in tandem with that storyline and also in high school, unfortunately, was developing a bit of a binge eating disorder. And I mean, I've never been clinically diagnosed with that, but kind of looking back, there's a lot of signs of, of that for about 10 years of my life. And, you know, just kind of started off with like coping with life stressors and kind of using food. I think I was already 
I loved food. So it was very innocent passion for food. Then I was like, well, food's also the thing that I know and it's accessible to me. So it was an easy way to kind of cope with too. So fortunately, you know, that became a very big part of my life for many years. And again, I was already wanting to become a dietitian. It wasn't because I healed from a disorder or something like that. It was all happening together. And um, yeah, eventually I believe that a lot of the binge eating did exacerbate or lead to a lot of gut health issues in my life, which I don't think is really talked about a lot in literature out there. I think it's actually a lot more common than probably discussed in the mainstream. Um, and so, yeah, I developed a lot of gut issues, kind of, ex you know, expanded into kind of chronic inflammatory issues in the body. And that was that, that was kind of happening at the end of college. And uh, so that led me to another journey of many years of really develop or delving deeper into functional medicine and learning more about different approaches. And it took me a long time though, cause you know, there's a whole lot of different avenues to go down. And I think I went down pretty much all of them. Uh, a lot of rabbit holes with, you know, SIBO and, uh, but I, I think I was helping myself a lot, but again, looking back on it, I think I did a lot of good things, but it wasn't the fullness of what I needed to do, you know, taking herbal antimicrobials, but then not actually following it up with good stress response, you know, uh, didn't allow me to really ever fully heal. And then eventually I got deeper and deeper and, when I opened my own private practice, I was already kind of doing some of my own personal GI map testing on myself and a lot of kind of using myself as a guinea pig. And I did find a lot more healing. Um, There's a lot of spiritual healing that had to happen in my life too, but there is a lot of physical healing that was still kind of needed. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to say that now when I work with my clients, I have a lot of personal experience to actually pull from. And I've pretty much everything I recommend to my clients, I've probably done myself. So <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that information. And <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, a couple of things that you said, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was addicted <laughs> to the Food Channel. I seriously grew up like watching that 24 seven. Like my family thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> um, and, um, and chemistry, oh my gosh, chemistry was my favorite class in school. Wow, um, that's, that's okay, that's unique. I feel like most yeah. people I tell that to and they just give me they give me shade for that. <laughs> no, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I actually, I'm almost like sad because I don't like remember some of the things, like all the things that I used to like know at the time that I really studied it. But I guess that's life. <laughs> um, but so it's, um, talking about like the fullness, I like so that you said that because I think that we oftentimes get like stuck in that there's this one thing that's wrong with us, you know, like something in our gut and we need to heal it or something in, you know, our blood sugar and we just need to like fix that. But I love how you like address that it's not just one thing and it's like we're full, we're full human. We have to address all the physical things so that all the systems are connected. And then our emotional part, it's also connected. So can you talk about how you kind of walk your patients through that like fullness in your addressing of their issues? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up. I really, the fullness just, I always come back to that word because it really helps people kind of reframe, I think what we're, we're working on. So I, you know, when I work with people, if they come to me because they, they know they specifically experience some gut related issues. So they're, they're kind of looking for, that line of support or if they come to me because they have PCOS and perhaps they're also looking for weight loss as part of that they come to me very specifically for that so I, you know of course I, I use that as kind of our jumping off point and um, I use that to again okay if they're thinking it's just PCOS or I don't know whatever they understand about PCOS like they're coming from there 
I use that and I meet them where they're at. And then we kind of walk backwards and say, okay, this is how this is connected to blood sugar balance or other foundations. So we kind of keep going deeper and deeper. And of course, I don't want to overwhelm people because, you know, there's, we talk about the fullness, we can start talking about every body system in the body. But uh, I really try to walk them back and, and really keep connecting it back to some of the core foundations. And I think for a lot of people, this starts to really click with them and it's very different than they've ever known before. And so I think a lot of what I do is, yes, I'm a clinician, also a coach. So I kind of play both roles. I'm also really a teacher. And I think that that's so important. So many people actually really need to learn a lot, a lot more about their body. And, you know, before we even get into like taking action and making changes, we really need to learn like what is going on. So many women need to learn about their cycle. So many people need to understand that yeah those butterflies that they have in their stomach or like the breathing that they do is related to their gut health you know so many different things there so um yeah i think for a lot of people uh they have to be ready for that approach because it's not going to be a you know quick meal plan or even my initial protocol quote unquote it's probably pretty simple just because i really want them to start getting into that mindset of experimenting and learning about their body um before we really getting deep into some things. I mean, some things will go head on if they're really just looking for that kind of support. But yeah, so I think that hopefully just under, understanding how full and how connected different things are. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's really life-giving because they come in and they, you know, they think that all of their symptoms are just a scattered mess of like their body's just broken. And we start to realize like, hey, actually a lot of these symptoms are really connected and they can kind of, you know, this symptom tree of 10 or 20 symptoms can kind of come back down to four or five different core foundations. And that I think helps them realize, like, oh, this is no longer this completely impossible puzzle to fix. It's actually like a, it's not simple, but, um, you know, we could say this is a simple framework. There's a lot of behavioral and action changes to make, but uh, it, I think it helps to simplify things and help people to refocus so that they're not chasing down every symptom as well. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you said you really focus a lot on teaching because mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. I think that's so important. I think, you know, it's insane that there's no nutrition education for people growing up. And even in terms of our bodies, like, like you said, like women don't even understand their menstrual cycles and all of these things that can really, really help people. Because whenever I think about that, it's like education is empowering. And then once you're educated, it's less scary, right? It's not like this big thing that your doctor diagnoses you with and it's like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to possibly get better? And so understanding it is such a key part. So that's really awesome that you focus on that with your clients um, because I, I totally agree. It's like such a missing part of conventional medicine in general. Um, and I know you created the four method and I would love to dive into that a little bit and talk a little bit about like metabolism and what you work on with your clients and kind of what each of those steps are. Are they steps? Are they mm -hmm. kind of like the whole thing? So I'd love for you to just touch on that a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. So the four method, I literally like kind of came to me in a, you know, one of those kind of white light moments. Um, uh, and I was really praying through it. And um, I think I've been working with clients for, I mean, multiple years, but I think specifically in private practice for a few years. And I was getting a lot of people, I kind of like didn't want to work with weight loss at, at first. I really was like, I, this is the last thing I want to work with. I, I think it's a very frustrating process. That was my mindset going to it. And then Lo and behold, like I started getting people who had gut health issues, but they're also looking for weight loss. And I had mm -hmm. women, I love, you know, helping women with hormonal health conditions, but it's like, there's a lot of weight loss needs there too. 
And so I started to realize like, wow, there's a real need here. And actually I really love this. Like I really want to support people in this way because I started to see how many misconceptions there were. So the four methods was really born out of me kind of, I think mean, actually making a lot of mistakes in the way I work with clients too. Sometimes I would, you know, really say, okay, well, we have to work on mindset first. You know, we really have to delve deep in that because if we don't start there, you know, how can we really make good changes? Well, I think mindset always has to play a good role, but I started to realize like, you know, that didn't always work with clients because we, I could tell them, you know, we're working on mindset, but if their metabolism is still not working well, or, you know, it's not, it's, it's working, it's just not working in the way that they want it to work, right? Like their blood sugar is still totally imbalanced. You know, you can't tell someone to have, just have willpower when they have crazy cravings, you know, and that is really hard to deny those cravings when your body is screaming out for them. So the four method really was born out of, okay, again, the right steps in the right order. And I kind of came with like number four just like really came to me because there was really, I saw there was four pieces that I really always wanted to, you know, work with, with my clients. And um, so I guess I can, I can kind of go through those four things. And it is kind of a stepwise process. Um, the first, uh, I guess you can call it the first step or the first stage is uh, really making sure that we can balance blood sugar. Like that is like the number one core foundation. And um, that's, that's the overall arching goal. But the first step to really do that is to make sure we're having protein, healthy fat and fiber in a really good balance with meals. And I find it to be really simple. I think for it simplifies the way that people put their meals together because it's not about carb or no carb or, you know, we're not at stage. We're not even talking about like yes to chips or no to chips. Like it's we're not talking about that at that point. We're just talking about balance at first. So we kind of really support that. And I find a lot of people. I mean, just in within one week of the program, when we focus on like just really diving into protein. An incredible <laughs> changes in their appetite and sometimes even weight loss in that first week and they're not doing anything crazy and they find and really in, in this whole process we don't really talk about calories that much and um, it's less it's less about restricting calories and actually about getting enough so and then the second stage is really that nutrient sufficiency so making sure that we are actually eating enough so not just the right balance but actually like yes you can have an egg at a meal as a good source of protein, but actually we want to get way more than just one egg protein. So like, you're good, you check, you got some protein, but we actually want to get enough of each of these things. So that's that second stage. Um, and we do talk about calories, but I think for, I, you know, end up talking about like at least 400 calories at a meal. And for a lot of people like, oh my gosh, that's scary. And, uh, but you know, it makes sense when we start to put all the pieces together. But again, you know, if I just tell someone, increase your calories at the beginning and they're not changing protein, fat, fiber, it's, they'll feel worse or, you know, whatever it might be. So again, it's the right steps in the right order. And then the third piece is really bringing in some type of meal spacing. So, um, you know, people say, oh, is it intermittent fasting? I was like, well, it can be, but the most basic fast to me is about four hours between meals. I, I consider that to be a fast. I think a lot of people like to hear that. So like, oh, I can do that if, if they've done the first two steps to get there. Um, and so kind of really bringing in some meal spacing and this helps people really reduce that preoccupation with food. Um, not only does it help them physically, but it actually helps them their mindset too. So I start to, they start to realize, wow, these physiological changes are actually supporting my mindset too. It's not about forcing myself to have a different mindset, it's about actually feeling different so I can think differently too. And then the fourth piece, we definitely want to, you know, bring in more like talking about anti-inflammatory and really food as medicine. And that's when we get into like, okay, like let's really get nourishing nutrient dense food, but they've already made those changes before that. So that they're probably already doing it at that point anyway. Um, 
So that's really the first month of the program. We really go through those four steps of a much more food focused approach. And then the second half of the program, the second month is really implementing those kind of working on any barriers of lifestyle and schedule and making sure that they can kind of make those four changes really part of their, their life long term. That's an awesome stepwise, like just you know, plan for your for your group. I think, um, you know, I, I just like totally agree with that idea of people are not getting enough and they always think that it's more, all about restriction. It's all about, you know, we've been told for so long, it's all about calories in, calories out, you know, eat less and exercise more. And gosh, if that were the answer, then you know, people would would be losing weight and they would, you know, keep it off because, but, you know, obviously there are these underlying factors that literally like halt our metabolism. And it's like, no matter how little amount of food we eat or cut back, you know, it's still your body there's is fighting against you. And it's more about giving the nourishment that your body needs in order for the metabolism to work appropriately. Um, and I, the meal spacing idea is <laughs> so great. I actually might have to steal that because yeah. I hate that it's called intermittent fasting when someone just takes three or four hours in between a meal, you know, and then like 10 or 12 hours overnight. Like I, you know, I actually don't like the idea of fasting, especially for certain women who need their circadian rhythm and need their hormonal balance and, you know, want to exercise in the morning and but meal spacing is such a better way of describing that because we do need some hours to fully digest our food and support our metabolism. You know, we do need a couple of hours where we're not eating, but it's not necessarily called fasting, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I love that part of when we get to that point, because I think it's so radically different for people, but at that point, again, they've already supported their metabolism in the first couple of weeks so that again, spacing your meals, three to four hours apart, maybe even five. But like, again, if that works for someone, like it's actually easy. They're already probably doing that in week one or two. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually had a full appetite in between breakfast and lunch. And I didn't have to have that 10 a.m. snack this time. And it's really incredible. And, um, but what I also see is that it helps people have a regular schedule and they have to be a little bit intentional about it. And it really helps get that preoccupation with food to start to reduce over time because so many people, if they're just hungry all the time, it's like, okay, if I only eat 200 calories, I'm probably going to be hungry two hours later, which some people say, well, it's fine because as long as you're staying within your calorie goal for the day, who cares? Um, well, I have, there's other issues with that too, but also just like if we're constantly feeling like we need to eat, we're constantly in that mindset of like, I have to think about food and thinking about food is a good thing in some ways, but for a lot of people, they need to have space in their day. Like I need to be able to, even for me, I'm like, I need to chunk my time and I need to be able to like get into like workflow for a couple hours and not have to think about my next snack. So I think that's really helpful. And also, I always love using the example of intermittent fasting as like when we talk about, okay, don't put the cart before the horse or like do the right steps, but in the right order. And I tell people like, look, intermittent fasting in the way that people think about it, like a 16 fat, 16 hour fast and eight hour eating window, that can work for certain people. I think a lot of men that can work for it. women, it can work for in a certain, with a certain um, uh, limits, but it doesn't, it's like, let's not even focus on that yet, though, because if people start doing that, first of all, it's if they have a, like their metabolism, their blood sugar balance is not in the right place. That is actually going to throw them off way more. And they're probably going to hit, a, you know, some binge cycle at some point. So that's going to throw them off. And then also, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, I just think that it's putting, that's not the right step right now. We want to focus on 
again, inconsistency for a lot of people. Again, their mindset is they've been on this binge restrict cycle. Like, okay, like I'll restrict, I'll skip my meals, but then they end up binging later. And again, some people say, well, no, fasting will support that. It's like, there's a balance. So we have to strike a balance between their, where their mindset is right now and where their like physical health is. And we can kind of sit right in the middle and support the physical health while also supporting their mindset. And if in the future they want to do a fast day or something and they're really, really at a good place, great, that works for them, but not in the early stages. So how do you kind of connect for women in their minds the connection between the blood sugar and this meal spacing idea and then their hormones like for like PCOS? Like what is that connection? Yeah, well, I always so I love being a teacher and I always draw it out for people like literally I'll either do it on a whiteboard or I'll do it on the Zoom whiteboard. And I will actually draw out a graph of blood sugar and how it can fluctuate throughout the day based on different meals. And people's minds get blown just to like be able to see the visual and to say like, this is usually when weight gain is more likely to happen. And this is when we're getting tired and those cravings, like when our blood sugar is plummeting. And this is what can happen when we eat a meal that has enough protein, fat, fiber. And I show them same amount of calories. Like that's mind blowing to them when I say a 500 calorie meal and then another 500 calorie meal can have a totally different experience on our blood sugar, our weight management, our energy levels for that day. And that really like kind of shakes people out of that calorie counting, uh, you know, fixation. And I think it starts to pull those pieces together. Like, okay, balancing our meals is actually the most important first step. And blood sugar is really that most important first step when we're trying to support an efficient metabolism. And yes, I, you know, I do talk about body fat loss and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I find it to be really helpful when they can visually see that and then they go and do the steps that week and they actually experience exactly those symptoms that I told them would hopefully change. It, people get locked in like, or they get very excited and they're, they're, they're in. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you're showing the examples because I think the visual is really helpful for people to use. I found that as well with my clients and it's like, for so long, people, like Stacey said, were obsessed with calories. And if you just think like 100 calories of broccoli versus 100 calories of a Snickers bar or something like that, like it's it's going to act so differently in your body. And so helping people understand that is almost like freeing to get out of that mindset of like restriction, restriction, just like counting calories, which is so not sustainable and you're bound to kind of like fall off the wagon. So that's awesome that you focus on that. Um the weight loss conversation in general tends to be very polarizing. I'd love to hear if you think anything is missing from the conversation. I know you mentioned, you know, blood sugar, balancing meals, which typically I haven't found is really in the mainstream weight loss uh, media like talked about, but is there anything else that you find is really missing in that conversation? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think everything I probably talked about in the four method programs probably missing in mainstream media, but I would say even so like, you know, they might talk about, I don't know, getting enough fiber or something. So I talk about that too, but it's just not in the right context typically. I don't know. It, it's it's all disjointed, I feel like. And um, again, I always go back to like, there's the fullness isn't there. And it's usually also the, some, maybe the right, some of the right steps maybe, or part, partially the right steps, but also not in the right order. Like throwing calorie counting at people right from the very beginning. And it just, I have seen there's definitely cases where that can work with people, but I think um, it's a much more, it's much better to actually teach people why, like what is happening and actually giving people the, you know, 
um, some, what I'm trying to say, uh, you know, give them some respect. But like, I think that they can understand some deeper science. So we don't go too deep into it, but really teach them like, hey, let's open the door and uh, into the world of biochemistry a little, just a little bit, you know, just walk with me here. And I, that's why I really try to teach. I mean, I've distilled this process many times because I know I would love to learn all the details, but for them, it's like, okay, how can I make this really easy to understand? But I really do want them to like understand the difference between sugar burning metabolism or, you know, fat burning metabolism. There is a difference and we need to understand those things or else like if I just tell them, Hey, here's what you should do, but they don't really know why they're doing it. They're going to come back to me two weeks later or three weeks later and just be like, ah, yeah, I don't really care. I'm not really invested in this. So I think really understanding the why. Um, so I think that's number one is understanding the why. Um, a lot of people don't even understand why calorie counting would be helpful. Like they don't really understand why calories even matter. So it's like I really want to break down every little step. Um, but I would say, too, I would in the kind of social media world of weight management, there's it's very polarizing. It's uh, a lot of dietitians even are, you know, um, there's this polarization between like, you know, we can't really talk about weight management anymore because it's very, it's always restrictive and it's really unsupportive for people's mental health. And then there's the other camp where it's still kind of like the, the gym bro mentality of like, just count, you know, uh, balance your macros, count your calories. And like, I don't know, just lose the weight and don't worry about it. Um, or, you know, a lot of doctors will still tell my clients like, oh, you have PCOS. Like you just need to lose, lose 10% of your body weight and you'll be able to get pregnant. And it's like, yeah, but I, can't lose that weight. Like, I don't know, that's not working. I've done everything under the sun to do that. So it's like, that can be really defeating for people. So I think there's somewhere in the middle where, yes, uh, we I do have to be careful. There's some people who are very restrictive with their food intake. And I don't work with people with actual eating disorders um, or if they have disordered eating, I, they, I need to make sure they're working with someone else in tandem with me. There's a lot of people who, yeah, they've been on the diet cycle, the yo-yo dieting and so they, they should not, I, I don't want them to be so restrictive, but that's why actually the program teaches them to, you don't have to be restrictive. You can learn a framework and not, you know, a set of absolute rules. It's more of a framework. It's a guidebook. And you can do that so you can support your mind and you can lose weight at the same time. And that's so important for people to know that you can do both at the same time. So how do you describe like plate construction for people? Like what should they be eating at their meals? Like are carbs allowed? I mean, we've like been told to stop eating carbs forever and everyone is scared to death to eat carbs. So kind of how do you teach people what to eat? Yeah, well, the protein, healthy fat and fiber, like I always say that is what we need at the meal. And really, I don't really have like a super like good visual for that that I give my clients, but I teach them. I, we do talk about grams of protein at that point and grams of fiber because I wanted them to start understanding like the amounts and stuff. But um, so yeah, I teach them like, uh, we'll give them a range of healthy grams of protein per meal. And I'll really, I'll give them some different examples and lists of you know, different protein foods that have protein and how much protein is in per, um, per serving. And then I teach them, you can combine foods and really kind of get that goal however you want to for that meal. Um, we talk about healthy fat as well. And, you know, kind of how I talk about more serving sizes. I really like to use more like the visual of how much food that looks like. So, okay. Like, you know, use your hand to really think about a cup. Uh, if you're going to have fruit, like kind of keep it to that. If you're going to have a smoothie, like don't do the juice house, triple mango smoothie. It's like we're doing, we're doing one cup of fruit max for that smoothie. And that's going to be our carb. But I think when I, when I talk about carbs, I actually talk about fiber first. And then I teach them 
hey, this is these are the foods that contain fiber. Like literally it's all plant foods in their real whole food form contain fiber. That's what gives it the structure, just like our body has bones that give us the structure. So that's the fiber that we want. We can get that from a big variety of plant foods. You know, avocados, which are a high fat, low carb food have fiber, but also, you know, oats have fiber in them too, but they're a little bit different. And I do need to kind of, I do bring that conversation in talking about, okay, there's, there's lower carb sources of fiber and also higher carb sources of fiber. And so they could understand that distinction, but ideally at the first, we're just saying, hey, get the fiber goal, and then we can maybe pair back on the carbs and learn that. But I think when we kind of, we're, this conversation is still more about fiber than it is about carbs, and that really helps people because I think the ketogenic diet is a great tool in certain times and instances with people for certain durations, but this is definitely not a program where I use that tool because I think a lot of people they've already been the all or nothing mindset and I think keto can kind of reinforce that in some ways. I, I think it's a great tool if done well, but um, yeah, so carbs definitely have to be managed though. Like we do need to therapeutically reduce them. And because I think that the way that the world, you know, kind of the, the food industry uh, is proclaiming, well, just if you go to a supermarket aisle, you would think that carbs are the best thing in the world because they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous, uh, but we have to kind of push back on that a little bit and we have to be intentional about that. So I do teach, about carbs from that whole food fiber perspective. I love that. And yeah, I found too, like a lot of people don't realize that fiber is carbs. Carbs is fiber. Like, so when people are like super low carb, like all of that, and I'm like, but the fiber, we need the fiber. Um, So yeah, no, that's great that you focus on that. And also just in terms of like weight loss, like fiber is so satiating for people Mm -hmm. too. And it helps with bowel movements and it helps with gut microbiome and all these other things. So yeah, it's, it's definitely under, under eaten, as you guys know, in our society majorly. So the focus on that is really important. Um, I know you've mentioned mindset and spiritual healing. Do you work with clients on that as well? Can you touch on, you know, how you typically work with people on that, kind of what you guide them through or your approach to that? Anything like that would be really interesting to hear. Yeah, sure. So I would say like my own kind of spiritual healing journey, um, I'm like a very practicing Catholic Christian. So, you know, part of my journey was a Christian faith-based journey in that way. Um, But I, I see for a lot of people, I think that, you know, in the, whatever way that they experience spirituality, um, there's a lot of people do need that support in their, especially weight loss. I think that it's a, it is a very complex issue. And I, and I don't think that, you know, just giving someone a meal plan is the answer that there is so much more there. That's when the fullness really comes into play. So with my clients, I mean, like, I know my place, I know I'm not a therapist and, um, I only have so much time with them too, but you know, I really want to be able to listen to my clients and have them tell me like, tell me about your history of food and, and, and how you experienced, you know, your response to eating food or your relationship with food. I don't think, I don't love that phrase anymore, relationship with food. Cause I think it's like, it's not really a relationship with the food. It's actually a relationship with ourselves or in other ways. It's how we're coping with food. Um, yeah. So I think we end up just talking about that a lot in our sessions. I mean, our, the first session I meet with people is pretty long, 90 minutes. And we really cover, yeah, a lot of medical history and health history, but I definitely talk about stress and how they experience that and kind of the history of, you know, their family dynamic with food, whatever it might've been. So I definitely bring that into our conversations and I don't really have like a very specific you know, plan for that, but you know, so often I can um, think of a conversation I had recently with a client and yeah, she just talked about how defeated she felt that, you know, she had gained two pounds actually in the last couple of weeks uh, since we last met and she had been you know, losing a lot of weight before that. 
And we talked through it though, because I think it's not just like, okay, look, great, like let's count calories again. No, like let's talk about what do you think was really contributing to that? Like what changed in your life? And it was really honestly just, she needed to kind of remember the principles and remember those foundations, but also to not feel like she had to be in that all or nothing mindset anymore. So I think that, you know, you could say that's more mental support or behavioral support, but I think there's there's spiritual um, healing in that too. And just learning to not be in that shame cycle and really be able to help them remind them that they don't need to think of, you know, they don't need to be ashamed for even making mistakes. So I really even, you know, really encourage people to have a curiosity mindset and to be experiment, like experiment with protein, fat, fiber, and come back to me. And if you don't think you're doing it right, that's okay. So we'll go over it, but like you're trying it out and you're learning what works for you. So um, yeah, I, I definitely bring that into my work. And a lot of people know, I mean, my business title, Wonderfully Made Nutrition, uh, does come from Psalm 139 in the Bible. Um, Wonderfully Made, that part does. And so I, I do get a lot of people who are looking for specifically that faith-based approach. And um, I do love that. I think that uh, for a lot of people that like allows them to kind of get to that fullness of their healing. Yeah. <clears throat> Just acknowledging that like our mental space can literally like slow or or hasten our metabolism or it could cause inflammation or it could cause like our you know emotional thoughts have a physical effect on our body and our weight um and i think that just acknowledging that and and then like and then addressing it i think is really eye-opening for people yeah it sounds like you've um like you're doing some sort of a combination of maybe private meeting with people privately and then also in a group setting so you can you kind of talk about those different offerings and what like the group setting might entail as well yeah yeah so i started off with doing one-on-one coaching for a long time and I love it. I just also saw the need for group coaching. I think that a lot of people actually get really inspired when they're in a group in a community and they can see other people who are testing the waters and then they can feel more comfortable doing it or someone else asks a question that they probably actually really want to know the answer to as well. And so I I also just find a group setting, like I could do Q and A for 24 hours a day. Like I love it so much. So I love teaching in a group. So it was really good for me, but also really good for my clients. And a lot of people find that, you know, after the group program, I, you know, I had some people who did some one-on-one work with me since then and can, they wanted some of that deeper work to really continue the goals of the program, but also to kind of have a very personalized one-on-one approach. And I've seen some really great results from some of my clients already too. Um, and yeah, so I, I do a little bit of both. And uh, with my one-on-one coaching, that's at this point, that's the only place I don't do like functional lab testing in the group program yet, maybe in the future. Um, yeah, with one-on-one coaching, I'll incorporate, you know, GI map testing. If we're working on some gut health, um, that's hormone testing, micronutrient testing, sometimes um, food sensitivity testing if we need it too. So, yeah. And I'll say too, you know, I think one comment on kind of spiritual healing too. I know, I noticed for myself, like just making those connections between uh, what we're like what we're thinking and kind of what we're doing in our life and then what we're experiencing in our body is so important that, you know, you read that in my bio. And I think that's so key because for me, I had gut health issues for years and that really, I think did stem out of some of my, my binge eating. I think there was a spiritual issue at the beginning of all of it that led to physical issues. I had a lot of spiritual healing, but unfortunately the physical stuff was still there. You know, I still had to work on that. I've even for me, you know, I have at this point has still had to work on, my response to stress. Like now I know directly like if I have 
if I respond to stress in a certain way for a couple hours on a given day, that night, like it's going to be a bad gut night <laughs> or it could be a bad couple of days. So just really making those connections and teaching people. Like I, I do actually end up teaching them some physical changes that they can make throughout the day too. Um, and so I really go into that more in detail in my one-on-one coaching. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, you guys can find me um, at, at wonderfullymadenutrition.com and also on my Instagram at wonderfullymade.rd. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. I think every you know point you made is something that can affect every person. <laughs> you know, like every single person is dealing with mindset issues, body images, I mean, just so much. So thank you for sharing and I hope people will reach out to you soon. Um, and here is. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love if you left a rating and review and shared it with someone else who would find it helpful. You can find more information about Leah at gracefunctionalnutrition.com and get in touch with her through email at leah at gracefunctionalnutrition.com or on Instagram at gracefunctionalnutrition. To find more information about Stacy, you can find her at healfromfood.com email her at stacy at healfromfood or on social media at healfromfood. See you next time.